0: Hey, welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored you're here. The word Kalos means beautiful in, well, poorly pronounced Greek. But we're all about making known the beauty of Jesus. So why don't we dive in to last week's sermon
1: right now. Hey, we're so glad that you're here. Merry Christmas again. Can we all just say that together? Can we just say Merry Christmas on the count of three? One, two, three. Merry Christmas! Yes, Merry Christmas. It is officially Christmas week, and we're so thankful that you're here again. My name is Pastor Amrita.
0: And I'm Pastor Pradeepin.
1: Yes, and we are thankful that you're here. You know what? Our church, Kalos Church, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, Kalos means beautiful in Greek. And so we believe that God has called us to make known the beauty of Jesus. And we're thankful that you're here. Our church actually is only two years old. We're celebrating our second Christmas together. And uh, we believe that God has us right here in downtown Bellevue. It's beautiful here and wonderful. Christmas time outside. There's so many decorations even in our city. And uh, we are a church plan. We're so glad that you're here. We have seen God do some amazing things in two years. We've seen a lot of people come through our doors and find a home and find friends and find community here at Kalos Church. And we hope that's the same for you as well today. Uh, and so today uh, we're excited. We're going to do a couple things. Uh, we're going to share for about 20 minutes just an encouragement message and then I know you're so excited who is ready to take a picture with Santa let me hear you yes we're so excited to take a picture with Santa there is a little ticket right on your seat and printed on that ticket is a little mint It is a printed mint on your ticket, little green or red. You're gonna take that ticket after service and you're gonna go line up at the booth and you're gonna get your picture with Santa. That ticket is really important, so hang on to it for dear life through this service and you'll get your picture taken with Santa. Well, we're really thankful that you're here this morning.
0: Part of the culture of Kalos Church is that we like bad jokes puns and dad jokes. Anybody with me? And so we need an appropriate Christmas bad dad joke. And this is a a joke that resonates with me as a father. And I want to talk to you about four stages of life. Stage number one, you believe in Santa. Stage number two, you don't believe in Santa. Stage number three, I think I'm in this stage, you become Santa. And stage number four, you look like
1: Santa. Wow. You guys want to hear another joke? What's worse than a dad joke? A pastor joke! Ouch. Oh!
0: Uh, <laughs> and we want to share honey. yeah thank you thank you, Love um, you. greetings yes uh, <laughs> So we want to talk about Christmas and the reason for the season and we believe that reason is Jesus and we believe that God isn't like a distant God that's like out there doesn't care about us but that God became human and that's what the story of Jesus and Christmas is all about. Another way to remember that is Christmas is all about God in a bod. And his name is Jesus. Can I get a good amen? Even if you've never been to church before, can I get a good amen? Amen. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about this original Christmas moment. And let's turn to the scriptures, the Bible, and read from Matthew 1. It says this, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Amen and amen. You know, when we think of the Christmas season... A lot of us think of the joys, we think of hot chocolate, we think of open fires, and being cozy, and our PJs, and going to Santa, but the original Christmas story was actually one filled with fear, and drama, and adventure, and I've noticed this, even as we travel for Christmas, we want all those warm fuzzies, but sometimes, have you ever noticed that our Christmas plans can easily turn to Christmas pains? You know, I need your prayers, we need your prayers desperately, because tomorrow, Monday, we are traveling from Seattle to Kansas with two small children under the age of four. Can you
1: pray for us? (laughs) The anxiety is already rising. You know, before you have kids and you travel, you just get on a plane, you just go through security, you get on a plane, you just sit and relax. It is not like that anymore for our family. We are the family that you don't want to get behind in the TSA line. And we have this anxiety rising up in us because when we travel with our kids on a plane, if you put kids in a small tube with a bunch of other people and it's super germy, it is not a good combination and it is a hard situation as parents.
0: You know, we would have never bought these tickets, but... Thank the Lord, I'm mom, my mother in law. She bought us free tickets. And it, uh, for those of us with kids, when they turn two years old, you don't get free plane tickets anymore. You have to pay full price for half size kids. And that, I think, is inappropriate, especially with all the trauma and the pain we have to go through as parents. You know, you don't like riding on a plane with kids. Well, guess what? That's our whole life. (laughs) Like, (laughs) when we bring our kid on a plane, he takes the tray, and he puts it up and down, not for 10 minutes, for 10 hours. He touches everybody around, and then as we try to entertain him, we pull out the iPad, and, and we hear this for hours, Baby shark, do-do-do-do-do, baby shark, do do to do I hate my life, do to do to do I hate my life, and all the parents said... Amen. (laughs) Amen. I mean, this is so difficult.
1: Yeah, you know what? We actually were on a plane with our kids this summer. And I'll never forget, our kids were tired, and they were just over it. And they both are crying. I've got one. He's got one. We're trying really hard. It looks clearly like we're trying really hard to keep our kids quiet. And it's not happening. And they're just really upset. And sure enough, people start looking and glaring at us. And I'm like, I used to be that person judging everyone and now it's payback. Now I'm getting all of the judgment, you know. And so I looked across this aisle and this lady thought that she would be helpful way across the aisle. And she's looking at me and trying to get my attention. She's pointing at my son and she's going like this. And I'm like, what? Like, I mean, we're trying to give him food. We're trying to give him drink. We're trying to give him everything to get him to be quiet. But she's got some advice that she really needs to communicate in that moment. So she's pointing at at her mouth. And then she finally just yells across the aisle and she goes, I think he needs a mint. I think he needs a mint. And I was like, Lady, I don't have a mint, one. And two, that is not going to help my child. You need a mint. That's how I felt as a crazy mom, you know, because we're in these situations that are just painful. So can you pray for us?
0: (laughs) You know, uh, we saw this video, which was a commercial for an airline, where they did something really special for crying babies, and I want you to notice how this one thing that they did turned a painful experience to something pretty positive. Let's watch this video. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard our very special JetBlue flight. We all know when we're flying with babies and they cry on the plane, it can be hard on all of us. This will be the very first flight where crying babies is a good thing. Every time a baby on this plane cries. You'll receive 25% off your next JetBlue flight. In other words, four cries is equivalent to a free round-trip ticket.
1: We're going to be uh, commencing our news in the next few minutes. The latest weather in Long Beach right now, uh, reporting winds out of the west. <laughs> <laughs> Max did it. Let's give it up for Max, Donovan, Leela, Beck, and
0: Reese. <laughs> yes, well, we need that. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get that. We're flying united. (laughs) Earlier, someone heard that. They're like, no. No, don't do that. (laughs) It's amazing, though, how our perspective can change so easily. Like... Christmas travels and plans can turn to pains, but when we realize the bigger picture, they can turn back into something joyful again. And today, we want to offer some hope in this Christmas season.
1: Yeah, you know, Christmas is supposed to be this time of great joy and happiness, and everybody's spirits are supposed to be lifted. But if we're really honest, if we kind of let down our guard, I think for many of us, Christmas can be a time of great sorrow. It can be a time of sadness. It can be a really difficult. Time of the year. And I just want you to know here at Kalos, we try to just be really honest about what's really going on. And I want to just free you people today and say, listen, it's okay to not be okay at church and at Christmas. And it's hard sometimes when everybody's up here with their Christmas cheer, but you're really kind of struggling to meet that energy because you're going through a hard time or maybe you're having some pain in your life to some degree. We know Know that Christmas and the holidays can be the busiest time of year. We're running around to party after party after party, right? We're just so busy. We're trying to get all of our shopping done. We're trying to herd our kids around. There's just a lot happening. And we find ourselves in the midst of this busy season more exhausted than our regular life. It can be such a busy, exhausting time. And You know, actually the depression rates during Christmas time are actually higher than any other time of the year. Here, this time that we're all supposed to be feeling merry and bright, we're actually really feeling low and sad. And we've got some things going on inside of our hearts and maybe in our families. Maybe you're feeling alone this Christmas. Maybe today you're filled with grief because the holidays are reminding you of someone that you lost, someone that's really special to you. And maybe today you would just say, I wish I had someone to, to, to experience Christmas with. I just feel like I don't have anybody. I, I, the, the holidays trigger depression for me. They trigger hard things for me. It's difficult for me to kind of walk through this season. I know also that there can be financial stress during christmas time i was reading some statistics and one in four americans will go into debt up to upwards to $1000 this christmas season and that's just for christmas And then you gotta think about paying that back. And I think that we're trying to live up to everyone's expectations and make sure we have the right gift and the name brand gift. And we're in a comparison world where we're trying to keep up with the hustle and keep up with the prices even that are out there And, and we go into debt and we have financial stress that's on us. And I wonder today, maybe you're sitting here and you just say, you know what, I am missing home. I am missing my culture. I am missing food, I am missing my traditions. It's a hard time because I just feel like I'm missing out on what's going on in my family and the traditions that we normally have. Hey, we know that Christmas can be a really difficult time and you could be experiencing pain, experiencing some lowness, something that's down. And we want to tell you here today that it's okay and it's valid to experience even all of those feelings during this Christmas season.
0: And so we want to share three quick points that can give us a different perspective on some of these Christmas pains and hopefully will be a blessing and recover some of our joy this season. And the first thing we want to share based on the original Christmas story that we read in the scripture is, number one, the original Christmas had travel pains, that we are not alone. God is not this distant This entity that can't relate with our pain, the original Christmas story is all about God becoming a baby, a human, experiencing the same realities that we all experience. Like when we look at Luke 1, we see that there's Joseph, there's Mary, the parents of Jesus. They're traveling Pregnant from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I mean, that is intense right from the beginning. Can you imagine trying to convince your pregnant wife to travel on a donkey
1: while pregnant? Don't do it. would not I, I, I can't even imagine. I
0: would not be alive today if I tried to do that. Uh, that's right. you so, know. That's right.
1: And so that's how
0: Christmas starts. They finally get to Bethlehem. They go to give birth to this baby, and there's no room for them, so they take him to an area with animals. They give birth in this strange place, and then they place sweet baby Jesus, five pound eight ounce Jesus, in a manger, a holder for animal food. That does not sound very hygienic. And then you think, all right, the story is going to get easy from there. Well, then we see in Matthew. Uh, that Jesus is being attacked by the government of this area. And God speaks to the parents of Jesus and says, hey, you need to leave, you need to flee the city. In fact, you need to flee the country because the government wants to kill your child and many other children. And so the family gives birth and then they pick up and they run away to Africa. And Jesus spends the earliest days of his life in Egypt as a foreigner, as an immigrant, as a refugee. And this isn't the Christmas story we hear about all the time. It's not warm and fuzzy. It's scary and fearful and tragic. And finally, the leader of the government who's trying to kill Jesus dies. So they say, okay, we're going to go back. We're going to go to Judea. And then they find out through another message from God, hey, the son of that leader is actually still there. Don't go there. God warns them. And so then Jesus ends up growing up in Nazareth. And so they lived in like four different places, all for this original Christmas story. Their travel plans are painful. And you know, people here during this holiday season, we're from all over the world. I mean, people are here from all over different cities and states and nations. Raise your hand if you were not born in Bellevue. Wow, that's like everybody. Raise your hand if you weren't born in Washington. That's a lot. That's like the majority. Raise your hand if you were born in another nation. That looks like the majority. That is wild, and we know what it's like to travel, the insecurity of a new land, of new cultures, of new food, of not knowing the inside jokes, not knowing why the four stages of Santa's life are funny, but we smile and laugh to respect the pastors anyways. Like, those are so (laughs) difficult. You know, as I was researching the reality of Bellevue, I found out that 40% of the population of the city we're in right now was born in another country. Isn't that wild? The whole world is here, and I'm encouraged by that, and I'm encouraged that Jesus knows what it's like to be an immigrant because Jesus was an immigrant, and we have a God who can relate with us with our pains, our insecurities, our fears, and to me, that's what the original Christmas story is all about, that God is with us. Amen.
1: Amen. The second thing we want to share with you today is that God takes care of travelers. He takes care of those that are in pain, those that are in transition, those that are going through secret things that are hard to tell other people or explain to other people. God takes care of us. Leviticus 19.33 says this, "'When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born.'" love them as yourself for you were foreigners in egypt i am the lord your god i love this scripture because this scripture reveals the heart of god god's heart is to take care of you to provide for you he's not a god that is cold and distant and away from us god cares about us and this this scripture commands those who are believers in jesus those who are following following jesus to love our neighbor to love the foreigner the way we would love ourselves And that really could change the world if we did that. So I want you to remember today that where God guides, he provides, amen? Where God guides, he provides. I'll never forget when we moved here in 2017, we left our home in Michigan And we were so excited for this move. We came out here, and you know like when you're on your way out here, it felt like it took days and days and days to drive from the Midwest all the way to the Pacific Northwest. We're sitting in the car, and it's just dawning on me in a real way, oh my goodness, we just left everybody that we love and know. We just left everyone that was around us when we had our first baby. We just left. My husband didn't even have an income when we moved out here. We just, I was like, how are we even going to make it? Who is going to be our friends? What school does my kid go to? What doctor do I go to if we need to go to a doctor? There were so many questions, so many unknowns. I tell you what, we didn't even know that house. We hadn't even seen the house that we moved into before we arrived in Bellevue we'd only seen pictures of it online and i'll never forget we rolled up on 164th avenue northeast we go to we see our house and i'm not kidding you there is a kitchen sink sitting in the front yard And there is like plywood and stuff all over the place. we walk in the house and the place is dirty. And it wasn't ready for us to move in. And if you know anything about me, you know that I like clean things. (laughs) And uh, it just was not even close. And I just sort of felt that pit in my stomach. Where are we? We're so far away from home. But you know what happened? As time went on, we saw guide. God provide for us over and over and over again I remember one of our first Christmases here in Bellevue some people from our church actually in the middle of the night snuck to our house somehow got in the garage with the door with the garage door opening we didn't even hear it that's dangerous I don't know how we didn't hear it I just realized that's a problem anyway they snuck to our house, and they decorated the outside of our yard for us. We woke up the next morning, and instead of kitchen sinks in our yard, they were Christmas lights, and it was so beautiful, and people just kind of rallied around us. Here at church, we have what we call small groups, and we started this small group in our house, and people would come over weekly, not just one time, but come over all the time. We started living life together, sharing food, sharing our life together, sharing our stories together. Here at church, there is a kid's ministry, so I had a place for my son to go, and I just we just started seeing God provide over and over. He provided for us financially in a very expensive city. He provided over and over and over again. And I want to tell you this morning that you can trust God, that where he guided you, he will provide for you. Amen. I'll never forget this one time we started. Uh, we were starting our church and we threw a backyard barbecue. Any barbecue lovers out there? Backyard barbecue. And uh, we had some people over and uh, we didn't know everybody. We just decided to invite the neighborhood. We wanted to meet more people. We were looking for friends. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I need to go to a party to meet some friends. So we were looking. We were just starting our church. We gathered everybody together, just invited the neighborhood to our back. Backyard, And there was a family there that had a ton of kids. I'll never forget them because they're the family that had a ton of kids. And uh, we loved them. We just kind of hit it off with them and had a good time with them. And we had really only met just a couple times. And a couple weeks later, my husband gets a phone call from this family. And uh, they called and they were in a panic and they were scared and they were freaking out because that day a couple hours earlier they couldn't find their little boy their little boy was missing and they couldn't find him and they they called us we barely knew them they called everybody they knew even if they just met us they called us and said hey will you come over and help us look for our son we're desperate we need help we're about to call the police and get them on it and they were panicked And sure enough, we all started looking, and we actually found their son. Not much longer after that, he had gone to a neighbor's house and was, like, playing video games in a room with a friend. If you can't find your kids, try there first. Um, And we found, and he was okay. But I remember just being so shocked that this family, they barely knew us, but they called us. And I wonder if you're sitting here today, and you say, you know what, I don't know who I would call. If something went wrong in my home, I don't, I don't feel like I have anybody in an emergency. I don't feel like I know anybody or anybody's close enough to me. And I want to tell you as pastors here, the church is designed to love you and be a community for you when you don't have community. God may be guiding you and loving you through the local church. And I'm just going to tell you right now, this might be a place for you to find a home. This could be a place for you to provide, for you to to be here and, and to be loved, and for us to wrap our arms around you. So, this season, as you're struggling, as you're in pain, as you're in transition, know that where God guides, He will provide for you like He did for us.
0: Amen. And so as we consider our traveling and Christmas plans turning to pains, we know that God can relate with us. Jesus was an immigrant, that God will provide for us. And number three, I want to share that God wants to be your travel guide. He personally wants to lead you and speak to you. And I know that can sound kind of mystical and crazy, what God wants to speak to me, but that's what Christmas is all about. We see in the original Christmas story, Jesus is being led by his parents, Joseph and and As they're about to encounter and experience danger, God speaks through an angel saying, don't go there. The government's trying to kill you. Don't go here or go to this city. And over and over, Joseph and Mary listen to the voice of God. And because of that, they avoid danger and tragedy on this great Christmas adventure. And we believe that God wants to help you, that you don't have to live life in your own strength. You don't have to simply try to figure out everything alone. God wants to do this with you. He has an amazing plan and a purpose for you. And let's be honest. Many of us in this room, you can't even get to your best friend's house without your GPS. How are you going to go through all of life without direction? You need God's direction. You need his help. You need his hope. You need his plan. And he's got an amazing plan for each and every one of us. Amen? But sometimes we think we're smarter than God. We'll do things our own way. And I've just found, you might be wondering, I don't really feel like I hear the voice of God. Well, I found this to be true. Sometimes God waits until we're listening, until he speaks. Sometimes God wants to know that we're willing to follow him. We're not just going to be prideful and arrogant and go about our own lives. Because let's be honest, the way we're living our lives isn't working. Things are on the rise when it comes to depression and hopelessness and feeling these pains. And sometimes we just got to admit, hey, my way is not working. So God, I'm going to surrender to your way. My family encountered a moment like this, a critical moment of choice. My family's from a small island country called Sri Lanka. Has anybody ever heard of Sri Lanka here? It's a small island nation right below India, and that's where my family was from. And in the 80s, my family was in the midst of a very painful civil war where tens of thousands of people were dying, and they were trying to figure out how we're going to live, how we're going to survive, how we're going to raise a daughter. I wasn't born yet. And they are much like the original Christmas story, trying to protect their own lives. And they're able, thankfully, to immigrate to the United States and live in Minnesota as refugees under political asylum. And so they went from tropical island paradise to Minnesota in the wintertime. And their American dream quickly turned into an American nightmare. Can I get a good amen? (laughs) And not only that, they were trying to figure out this new life in America. They went to find a Hindu temple to worship at. My family was Hindu, and they couldn't find a Hindu temple to worship at. And they tried to speak the language, but people weren't speaking Tamil, the language of my family. Their job experience and education experience suddenly didn't count. And They realized, like, this is hard. This is difficult. Mixed in with the painful experiences and trauma of war, my family decided that they would end their lives together. They're going to jump off a bridge together. And so this was before I was born, but my mom, my dad, and my sister were thinking of ending it all. And one day my dad...